0: We continue in our communion series on the person of Christ incarnate and the work of redemption under the title Contemplations on the Cross. We begin this hour by raising the testimony of Simeon. He was the first man in the New Testament era to speak definitively concerning the sorrows of Christ in the first advent. Luke 2, 25 to 35. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And the same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Ghost was upon him. And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Messiah, Christ. And he came by the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus, to do for him after the custom of the law. Then took he him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now us thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people. A light to liken the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him, baby Jesus. And Simeon blessed them and said unto Mary his mother, Behold, this child is set for the fall and rising again of many in Israel, and for a sign which shall be spoken against. Yea, a sword, Shall pierce through thy own soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. Father, we can think of no better text to prepare thy people for public preaching at the table of the Lord than the testimony of this dear old man, spirit-led, speaking of Christ, even to Joseph and Mary. And while everything in the biblical record concerning the birth of Christ points to its glory and its awesome reality, this testimony is outstanding for its comprehension of the messianic work involving the the cross of Christ and the reality of how Christ himself is the great revealer of the hearts of all men. Help us in today as we briefly work in the text that we might prepare our hearts for preaching at the Lord's table, and for that we will praise you in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. It's easy for you and I to see that God arranged a special meeting in the temple complex the day that the Lord led Joseph and Mary to bring the infant Lord to the Lord by the word of the Lord. Or to say otherwise, Mary and Joseph, in obedience to the Old Testament law, God's word, brought God the Son before God the Father in the temple. To meet with Simeon, all by the direction of God the Spirit. You cannot miss the blessed representation here of the triune activity of God. The divinely inspired testimony of Simeon concerning the Christ child amazed Joseph and Mary, so says verse 33, and for the very first time, Mary was alerted to the difficulty and the downside of what we have come to call the first advent. Verse 27 gives to us both sides of this divinely orchestrated moment. The Holy Scripture was the catalyst for Jesus being presented in the temple on this day. The Holy Scripture as written took Joseph and Mary with baby Jesus to the temple on this specified day. In addition, the Holy Spirit was the catalyst for Simeon being in the temple complex that day as the family all right. Here then is a moment of record, brought to you by the confluence of the holy scriptures and the holy spirit. God in the scriptures and God in the spirit come together in this moment of time. And therefore, I just prayed. That it's hard to think of a passage of scripture more appropriate. As you and I, by the command of the scripture, 1 Corinthians 11 has read, and the prompting of the Holy Spirit, come together in this moment of time for this. To preach together the Lord's table. This is a confluence moment. As this is a confluence moment between the scriptures and the Holy Spirit. Two things I want you to quickly see and remind you of here. First, the testimony of Simeon as recorded is one among other revelatory praises associated with the birth of Christ. Others are brought to us by the lips of Elizabeth and Mary and Zechariah. This is Simeon's revelatory And then secondly, in direct connection to the Lord Jesus, we find two uses of the Greek word apokhtalupto, which means to uncover or to disclose. One of the things we'll do in the service of this table is that after we have prayed for the elements, I will uncover the communion elements. That word could be described in Greek as apactolupto. That's what I'll be doing. I will be uncovering uh, the elements of the Lord's table. Jesus is said in two specific ways to be associated with this idea of uncovering or disclosing a thing. The first case is verse 32, a light to lighten, the word lighten. Is apocalypto. Christ is a light to uncover. Christ is a light to uncover the Gentiles and the glory of thy people, Israel. Christ reveals light to Gentiles. And then you have the same Greek word uh, down in verse uh, 35 that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. And the word revealed is the word apocalyptic, that Christ is the grand revealer of human hearts. People get to know themselves, for real. People get to know the lay of the land among humanity, for real, as a result of the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the great revealer, uncoverer of hearts, the hearts of men. Uh, Simeon, a couple of things about him before we zero in on A couple of key words in this text to devotionally consider preparation for the Lord's table. I just uh, say the obvious. Simeon was obviously prompted by the Holy Spirit to go to the temple on a a particular day. Uh, The word uh, prompted is a good word. I might have used the word pushed because the scripture tells us plainly that Simeon by the Spirit went to the temple. On this day, but I call your attention uh, to the description of uh, Simeon as to his character, uh, as being a a vessel prepared for the Lord's use. Uh, Verse 25. uh, The same man was just. That words mean righteous. Uh, The same man is devout. Interesting word. It means uh, taking hold of a thing. Taking hold of a thing. And uh, this man, Simeon, was waiting. The posture of this servant of the Lord is that he was just, righteous. We know that in our flesh, none are righteous. No, not one. That would have included Simeon. But by nature of looking to God, by nature of receiving what the Lord gives to us, a man can know that he has relationship with God through Jesus Christ. And Simeon's faith was fixed in the coming of God's consolation for Israel. And Simeon was saved by faith, just like you and I are saved by faith. He looked forward to the Christ. We look backward to the work of Christ at the cross, even at the table of the Lord today. But Simeon could be called a righteous man, not because he always did things right, but because he depended upon God and the promise of God in Christ as the basis of his standing with the Almighty. Furthermore, he was devout, meaning that he was not only one who was righteous in right standing before God, but he was devout. And this is an interesting word. It really is the word devout that I would like to use the definition most often for the word devout. And that is that he had well taken hold of the thing. To take hold of a thing well, we might say it this way, to get a good grip. To get a good grip. In the transfer of communion trays, there have been accidents. And I can remember sitting in the pew as a little boy, thinking as the tray was coming, don't drop it, don't drop it, don't drop it, don't drop it, don't drop it. I didn't drop it. More important that you and I never drop a tray is that you and I take hold well of the truth of Jesus Christ. What does it mean to be devout? It means that one has taken hold well of the truth of Christ. And then, of course, Simeon was waiting. Waiting based upon the promise of God. Now, honestly, I mean, seriously, can you honestly think of a better text to work through to prepare our own hearts for the fellowship of the Lord's table than to speak of our standing of righteousness by nature of personal faith in Christ, the responsibility that we have to take well hold of Christ in practical life and living, and to posture our souls in expectation against the promise of God to come. I would like to say to you, I am Simeon. You are Simeon. And it is the Simeon spirit that you and I seek in preparation to partake of the table of the Lord right before God by faith, taking well hold of Christ in this moment of time. And waiting, expecting the Lord's return. Well, Simeon prayed a prayer. He was prompted by the Spirit. He prayed a prayer of praise unto God, verse 28, and a beautiful prayer it is. The prayer is indicated by the words he blessed God. His prayer is called blessing God, and uh, it details. Uh, the marvelous moment in time in relationship to uh, the Lord's Christ. He prayed a prayer. Uh, He is able to state that he is now ready to die because he has seen uh, the Lord's Christ, even as God had promised him. God's salvation has been seen, verse 30, by the physical eyes of Simeon. And on that basis, he says, I'm good to go. I'm ready to die. Simeon affirmed that Messiah is the centerpiece of God's plan of salvation and that this salvation, which God has prepared, has come in the exact way that people should expect it to come based upon Old Testament prophecies, verse 31, and that God's light has come, verse 32, even to Gentiles, and even as the very glory of Israel. God's light has come. Christ is salvation. Christ is the fullest disclosure of God to man. And Christ is the glory of Israel. I don't know how the war is going to end in Israel today. But I know this. Jesus... Christ is Israel's only glory. Christ is the glory of Israel. And they ought to know that. And someday they won't only know it, they'll believe it in the whole and receive him. Simeon was prompted. Simeon Simeon prayed. Simeon prophesied to Mary personally. Now, this is the thing I'd camp on just a moment because this is the uniqueness of Simeon's testimony. Notice that it was directed to Mary personally, 34, and Simeon blessed them. He blessed uh, mother and stepdad, Joseph and Mary, and then he said unto Mary, his mother. See it? And then for the first time, with Simeon details, uh, 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 GREATLY molds our thinking and our understanding of the First Advent. Simeon tells Mary something that she had surely never heard or thought before this moment. Jesus would bring into Mary's life great difficulty, and wounding of soul. There's none of that in the Magnificat. There's none of that in the Benedictus. There's none of that in the glorious revelatory praises of Elizabeth, or Mary, or Zachariah. But this revelatory praise ends with 1st, Advent mission specificity. It ends with a particular point of emphasis relative to the wounding of our Lord. Simeon was the first in the New Testament era to indicate that all would not go smoothly for God's anointed. In Simeon's prophetic depiction of ministry, the ministry of Christ, you have three images. Two of them are obvious. One of them, not so much. The three images are the sword of verse 35, the sign of verse 34. Those are the obvious ones. And the third one is the set stone. Verse 34, and Simeon blessed them and said unto Mary his mother, Behold, this child is set, set as a stone for the fall and the rising again of many in Israel, and for a sign which shall be spoken against. Yea, a sword shall pierce through thy own soul also. Sword, sign, stone. The phrase for the fall and rise of many most literally means to lay something down like a mason would lay down a stone when building. We are all familiar with the occupation of the bricklayer or the block layer. Here Simeon speaks of God laying down a block or laying down a stone. The Old Testament prophet Isaiah spoke of God laying a stone in Israel that would cause many Jewish people to stumble over the promises of God. Isaiah chapter 8. Isaiah also spoke of God laying a precious foundational stone in Israel that would not disappoint those that came to trust in it. Isaiah 28. Simeon's depiction here of Christ as a stone is messianic and significant to our understanding. Jewish people will be made to stumble over Jesus, and Jewish people will rise upon the rock which Jesus is. That was the prophecy. The sign, also found in verse 34, stresses the unusual thing. Jesus the Messiah will be resisted. Or Jesus the Messiah will be spoken against. Even rejected. Now this isn't any news to us. But I'm telling you, it was news to them. That God's Son would be resisted, that God's Son would be rejected, spoken against, spoken against, says the text. And then the sword not only represents the wounding of Mary's soul, important word also, in addition to the wounding of the body of Jesus, the Messiah will be the wounding of the soul of Mary by the coming treatment of her son. But of course, that sword also characterizes the ministry of Christ. For adult Jesus would say of himself, I came to bring a sword. Jesus divides people. And he divided people. In the sense that people become clear as to who they are and their posture before God as they react to the Lord Jesus. Hearts are uncovered by the way people respond to the person of Jesus. Hence, many, many thousands, if not millions of people love Christmas who care not at all about Christ. So Simeon's prophecy here begins to help us to put the mission of Christ at that time into focus. The first advent is absolutely as much about stumbling as it is about spiritual success. It is as much about anti-Messiah as it is about pro-Messiah. It is as much about exposing the sinful condition of man as it is the saving of Jews and Gentiles. May God help us today to take Simeon as our lead and before him deal with the reality of our rightness not based upon our performance, but based upon what Christ has done at the cross. Uh, To think about this moment of time and the importance that we take good hold of, well hold of Christ, get good grip, again, on the person of our Savior in regards to our belief and our behavior and our being, and that we posture our souls, even at the table of the Lord, as waiting and expecting the Lord's return as promised. The world is all caught up in the anticipation of Christmas. Oh, may we be caught up anew in Anticipation of Christ. Father, help us then as we prepare our hearts to preach from this table as a congregation. And for that, we will praise you and thank you and bless your holy name. For we pray in Jesus' name and for his sake, amen.